Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on Spartito Wrestling, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for another edition of Smack Talk. Rick Uchino is not with us this week. He is busy and doing bachelor party things, but yes. we have the living legend himself back with us this week. He is all masked up and ready to talk, go to talk about SmackDown, Dutch Mantel. Well, I'm glad to be here, and you can't be too careful. That's why I'm wearing a mask, because Joe Biden told us to wear one, because sometimes, hey, that other guy, Fauci, told us to wear three one time, so he already got me all scared. Hey, uh, <laughs> this is my book that I wrote uh, I don't know, several years ago, and it's the uh, the world according to the Dutch, and it's a great read. If you want one, contact me on my uh, my email, dirtydutchmantel at gmail.com, and we can talk about it. So, And you can get an autographed copy of that. So listen, hey, let's talk about, and I've been, I've been dying to talk about this all week. Now, I apologize for not being here last week and leaving you with a heavy load. Were you here last uh, week, Sid? Yes, I was. I made my return last week, Dutch, but I'm happy to be back with you after over a month of me being away. It's like yeah. it's like I have been calling you Grandpa Dutch. You're you're my you're you're my family, man. So I've been missing you. Well, and I went to see my family last weekend, and if it'll make you feel any better, I saw my sister who I haven't seen in like 20 years. That's, oh, really? You know, that's crazy, right? You know, yeah. your sister and you don't see them in that long. And it was a really good family get together and uh, everybody enjoyed it. So, and we didn't have masks on and we was all hugging and doing all that kind of stuff. But so anyway, I, I had a great week last week. It was in Atlanta. And uh, of course I had another little bit of emergency I had to take care of too. So it all, it all worked out good. So listen, let's, let's talk some, let's talk some wrestling. Absolutely. We got we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about SmackDown this week, but first Dutch, you know, we gotta remind everyone, drop us a like, share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family. If you Do are it. new to the Sports Heater Wrestling YouTube channel, smash that subscribe button, hit the bell to stay notified. If you're watching us on Facebook or Twitter, drop us a like, a heart, a laugh emoji. Let us know in the live chat what you thought about SmackDown. But first, we need to hear the, the thoughts of Dutch Mantel on the big news this week, the WWE releases. Before we get into anything on SmackDown Dutch, let's talk about it. Huge releases of Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy, Ruby Riot, Lana, and Santana Garrett. There is even talks about WWE making a potential sale. You've talked a lot about it on your Twitter, but we want to give you the platform here. What's your thoughts on the big news this week? Well, well last year I put out a tweet that that kind of said that I had heard through Stanford, through Stanford, Connecticut, through, you know, just, and I didn't expect to hear this, that a sale was imminent in the future. Now, they led me to believe it's going to be within the next six months, but it hasn't sold yet. But now, sometimes, and you can't discount anything you hear about WWE because truth this could be fiction fiction could be truth you don't know with this McMahon but with this recent uh, releases that they have had uh, tends to back up that something is up because this Nick Khan guy 
and he's like running the operation now, right? Yeah, he's the WWE president, and he just got uh, basically voted into their board of directors this week. Well, so he's getting more power, and he got rid of some people this week. Usually, it's right after WrestleMania. Yeah. But this is like, what, six weeks after WrestleMania so? Yeah, I mean, we had we had the releases in April with like Samoa Joe, the Iconics, Mickey James. We had the NXT releases with Alexander Wolf, Velveteen Dream, and others. We had even office staffers being fired last week, and now this week, these huge surprising releases. Yeah, like you said, six to seven weeks after WrestleMania. Yeah, they had uh, three vice presidents released from their positions. But these weren't just regular releases. They released people that you didn't expect they would release because they were in, they will have been heavily involved, like Braun Strowman. Yeah. Uh, is it Strowman? Is that what you yeah, say? Yeah, Braun Strowman. Yep. And uh, they were, had been pushing him hard, what, for three or four years? And for him to be released after 90 days, I went, whoa, that's that kind of, kind of, Grabbed my eye right then when I saw that. And then uh, Lana was released. Of course, I have mixed feelings about Lana. I think she had she had kind of run her route anyway. And uh, who was that other release they had? I, I had it rolled down here. I can't remember. The Alistair Black, Ruby uh, Riot. That, that was the one. Alistair Black. Because he had just started something here on SmackDown. Yeah, two weeks ago. He and, uh, and was I'm in the events. And I was looking forward to seeing what they were going to do with him. And all of a sudden, zip, he's gone. Now, the Buddy Murphy, he didn't have much of a run, did he? He hasn't been on TV since March. And the last storyline he was a part of was with the Mysterios when he got into a relationship with Aaliyah Mysterio. Okay. And the uh, the Ruby Riot, that's kind yeah. of, that kind of surprised me tonight. Uh, but anyway, this is what I'm thinking. Uh, this Nick Khan is getting the getting it to look more profitable by the day, and I think events. And I I, I wrote because I, I I think I had the buyers wrong. It was Disney Universal. They're, I mean they're not together. No. But I think somewhere in that Disney group, I think might be the buyer. Who knows? So we're going to find out here. And I may be right, I may be wrong, I'm, and I may be just speculating. But, and I put out a tweet today, just, you know, just playing. And I said they had released Vince McMahon, former owner and longtime employee. And, he's, and he says uh, in a tweet that he wished everybody, you know, good luck, except Nick Khan, who can, who can kiss his butt. So, <laughs> and I hope, no, I hope nobody took that serious. But, but anyway, uh, strange things coming out of Stanford. Strange, yes. strange things. Now, I don't want to sound like Dave Meltzer because I don't know it all. I know actually very little, but I, but I've never seen moves like this before ever from WWE. So, what do you think of SmackDown tonight? I thought SmackDown was a pretty good show. I just want to get you know finish up your thoughts on the WWE releases. So, you are under the belief that WWE is setting up for a potential sale in the future. That's what I think. Because I think Vince, I think what, I mean, he's 75 years old. And he's probably tired. 
at 75. I don't know. He may get up at three o'clock in the morning and go to the gym and work out. That's all fine and good, but he's 75 and I don't think he takes vacations. He may not be able to take a vacation. I mean, work may be his so, so obsession in life is, yeah. but I think at 75, I mean, and I, I do think Vince, I've heard this. I think Vince is looking for that, uh, eternal life. Uh, somebody told me that he had, he'd, he'd spent a lot of money trying to find where, what do they call that when they freeze you? What's it? What, what is that called? Um, like chrono, uh, like freezer, but chronicle, cryonics, cryonic, yeah, a cryonic, like and freezing of the body. Somebody talked to him about that, that they could do it, and I think he spent a lot of money trying to prepare a facility that say he was on life support and he could go there. Do they found a cure for whatever was his problem, and so he can come back? Who knows? Vince McMahon may have found uh, the key to eternal life. It may cost him $10 million, but hey, and because Vince, and this is another story I heard, Vince invented, he came up with the idea of the undertaker because it was going to be that what Vince thought of himself, that he, he couldn't die, that he wouldn't die. Hey, Vince is kind of a strange person. If you, if you really got down to talk to him, interesting, interesting person. Yeah. But a little a little bit strange. So and who knows? They've been talking about UFOs lately, and the government was going to come out today and said if we had UFOs. And I think Vince, I think he believes that too. So who knows? He's a billionaire who believes all these things. But inter interesting guy. Inter I, I never I didn't know him that well, but I knew him I knew him well enough to know that he was a little bit strange. Yeah, and he, his thought his thought process is always different from everybody else. So definitely, we're it's something these with these releases and a potential sale. It's something that we're going to talk about for sure in the future. But like you said, let's get into SmackDown. Uh, for all you watching in the live chat, leave your thoughts on the show in the live chat. We want to show your comments on screen. But we got to get into this show, which was bookmarked in the beginning and in the end by this whole Roman Reigns storyline with the Usos. We uh, kicked off the show this week with the Tribal Chief, the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, coming out with Paul Heyman. Uh, they did note that this was episode 1137 of SmackDown. Uh, Roman stated in his promo to kick off the show that he changed his thinking after last week where he was kind of against the Usos getting a SmackDown tag team title match on this show. He uh, basically said that he changed his thinking due to the counseling of Paul Heyman. And he said to Jimmy that if he says he's going to win, he better win tonight. And then he calls out his cousins, the Usos. Uh, Jay, of course, embraces the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. But Jimmy doesn't, saying that he thought that he already did back at Hell in a Cell when uh, Roman choked him and his brother out. He then changed mm -hmm. the subject to tonight's tag team title match. Roman tells Jimmy that if he says he's going to win, he better win once again and get the job done. And that brought us to our opening matchup, the Usos versus the Mysterio for the SmackDown tag team titles. Uh, Cole actually noted in this opening matchup that this was the first time the Usos were against Rey Mysterio. I have a question for you, Dutch. Do you remember the last time the Usos and Rey Mysterio were in the same match together? I do not remember. 
it was actually Survivor Series 2013 against Roman's Shield and your the Real Americans in a Survivor a traditional Survivor Series matchup. The Usos and Rey Mysterio were on the same team, and they mm-hmm. lost to the Shield and the Real Americans. So I I, I thought that was a funny note because we were going to talk about it. So, so that was it. That was in 2013. 2013 was me, the last me, time they were in the same match. Let me tell you one thing about my career. People said, do you remember, you know, when I go to conventions and I'm signing autographs and stuff, hey, do you remember so-and-so in San Antonio and you went to the ring and blah, 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 and I could have been managing it. And I say, yeah, man, how could I forget that? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I just say, oh, yeah, who can, who in the hell can forget that? That was a great time, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what you're talking about. I just agree with them, you know. <laughs> but, you but, I, real. <laughs> but I figured up the matches that I've had in my career. It's like 5,000 matches, maybe more, 6,000. Because we used to work. We don't work like WWE. We didn't work, I don't know. Four, four days and two days off. Sometimes we worked every day of the week. And sometimes we had double headers on Saturday and Sunday. So sometimes we would work seven, nine, ten, uh, eleven times. Eleven times in one week and travel about 2,500 miles from getting it done. And that's back in the territorial days. Yeah. So, I mean, and we didn't, we had actually, and that's when we didn't have any doctors in the dressing room. We didn't have nothing. We had one referee, one ring, and we went out there and we do two and a half hour shows every night. I think some, some years I worked, a, I heard, I, heard a, I saw a tweet one time by Seth Rollins. He said, hey, I worked 140 times this year. I went, 140 times? I used to work that much in two months. <laughs> Totally um, our, our three months, yeah, really. About, about three months, I'd work 140 times. Unbelievable. Totally different and, time and now, in the industry. Now, now, the WWE is going back on tour, and I yeah. don't think it was wildly received by the talent. You don't think so? Well, this is what has happened. They got spoiled now. You know, they can sit back at home and go to the gym, and they can almost live a normal life. But now, that vents. That damn slave driver is going to put them back to work and make them go out and actually drive and do something, and they'll be gone five days a week. I mean, that's that was that's what everybody wanted, but now that the guys have to do it, they said, oh, "I don't know, I must like that. I don't. I, I wanted to sit home and you know watch TV, and but it'll be good. And I I think I think the guys will be excited with uh with live fans there. Yeah. And I think, I think they'll, they'll be, they'll be off the chart for a while. Oh, for so, sure. For sure. But anyway, I was watching, I was making some notes. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to those announcers. I think they're doing a decent job. And how long have they been back to a two man booth? When- on, on SmackDown, I think it's ever since they came over to Fox. They first had Michael Cole and uh, Corey Graves, and now we got Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. I do think that it's always better with uh, two announcers, and Cole and McAfee kind of are getting into a flow with it. Yeah, but they still talk too much. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like they're in a hurry. I was watching a British – you remember the – the, you ever watched the wrestling from the old BBC? 
Yes. They had they had one announcer. And they would have good matches, but he the announcer would lay out. And so you could actually he would say what move that they were in or what hold or what happened. But then he'd stop and you'd have time to he'd let it what they call breathe. Yeah. Let it let it breathe. Because they don't need to tell me the guy's got a headlock. Hell, I can see he's got a headlock. You know, I I can see he's he's done an arm drag or a drop kick. I can see that. But they're just too hectic. They're, they're too frantic. Then add to that the the camera doing all this. Yeah, there was it, there was a lot of that in this opening match with uh, the Usos and uh, Mysterios, I will say. I mean, I, I did love the spot in this uh, opening matchup. They had a great spot before the, fr the first commercial break in this match where Rey Mysterio got some momentum. He went for his sliding splash to the floor on Jimmy, but Jay yeah. caught him and gave him a Samoan drop on top of the announce table. Uh, towards the end of this matchup, the Usos look like they're getting the advantage. Uh, Jimmy heats a super kick on Dominic. He goes for the Uso splash, but Dominic gets his knees up and then rolls him up. He gets a one, two, but Jimmy's shoulder is up, but the referee misses it and counts three, and the Mysterios win here. Were you surprised with the Mysterios uh, winning this opening matchup and in the matter that it was with, with the finish that no. you know, I, I know what they were going for, but it came off a little bit sloppy to me? Well, I would rather have that clean finish and take it from there because – but, but they brought it back, and the shoulders were up. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, if that was me, if it was a shoot, if it was a shoot, of course, you know, the people would say, well, wait a minute. They don't – they got to go back out there again and defend the title. And they only had like – I think they only had like 10 or 15 minutes left in the show when yeah. they went back. So – but I didn't uh, – and this is what I thought. You remember when Roman – confused Jimmy with J Jay. Oh yes. That, that was this one is, of the highlights of the show for me. <laughs> this, this is what I thought they were going to do. And you haven't seen this in a long time. And I first learned this finish. Hell, it was like 40 something years ago. The assassins were a mass team and they had these big four way crazy. And, and one of them was knocked out and the other one, he would roll him out. And then he would roll in there and play dead. And the guy come up, he just hooked him. Yeah. So so the fresh man, that's what I thought they were going to do. But that didn't hit me until the match was going on. I said, now I know. Because now the, now he confused him. So the referee, I mean, if if Roman can't tell him apart, well, the well, referee in the middle of the action, he might not be able to tell him apart either. Yeah, well, I think with the Roman one, he he kind of did it on purpose because this uh this was the following segment when they were backstage yep, after the yep. Usos kind of argued their case to the referee, but the decision was final. Uh, the Usos were trying to explain themselves to Roman, but he uh, shuts them up. He clowns them for uh, losing to a child in Dominic Mysterio. He then tells Jimmy that he better go to Adam Pierce or Sonya Deville to get this fixed tonight. Roman also brings up how the Uso are six-time tag team champions but have only made WrestleMania once in their career. And then he says uh, in a in a year with uh, Roman as Universal Champion, Jay closed the show and had his head held high. And then, like you said, he calls Jay Jimmy, which uh, Jay corrects him. But Roman responds and says, at this rate, does it really matter? And does what it matter? Line? 
what a line that was such a burn and such a great line probably the highlight of of the night to me was that backstage segment dutch well, well that was good but this show here remember a couple of weeks ago i said they've had the same talent yeah on the same show for five weeks in a row now it's probably seven weeks in a row since i wasn't here last week they had the same talent but and that, that was a that was a problem when i used to be with tna you know, of having booking a guy and and you'd book them three times and then do a pay-per-view and expect people to pay money to see the same two guys that they've seen for free for the past three weeks. I don't think that's good business, but hey, that 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 that's that's my problem. But uh, it was a good match, and I, I and the finish kind of and it didn't surprise me because I knew they were going to have to do something over this before the show was over. But they still left us hanging. Yeah. And this is what I call maintenance TV. A lot of it was they just keeping it going. It's episodic maintenance TV. They just maintenance uh, the matches and the matchups. But they did a good job on it. I think everybody worked hard. And there was, there was a few things in here, on here I didn't like. This is, a, I don't want to jump ahead, but that Bianca Belair, I did like it when they put Bailey's face on all the screens. I didn't yeah. like that because that gave it a little bit of a surreal feeling and it was good, but I'm, I'm listening to her interview and I didn't like her interview at all. I mean, I don't think anybody talks that way. She it, made she, it felt it, a little force. Yeah. And I, I think if, do you watch, uh, do you watch uh, NWA? I've watched NWA not not recently, but I watched like the NWA Power stuff when it was on YouTube. Well, those interviews weren't—they let the guys do their own interviews. Yeah, and they were good. They were because you don't know what you're going to get. You tell them they got two minutes. That's what we used to do, and that's why some of the interviews were so good. Because and I didn't like writers writing my interviews when I was in WWE because you know I could put better. To uh, uh, an interview together better than what a writer can do. I didn't tell him that. But you know, when a writer is writing for, sometimes he has a distinctive style of writing, but everybody doesn't talk that way. And I used to tell Vince or some of the agents, I said, give me a different agent, give me a different writer, and give me one that I like and can keep with me. That's what I would do. So anyway. <laughs> No, anyway, it, makes, it makes sense, and it's similar to something that they do in AEW and letting the guys uh, cut their own promos. I I know for some people, AEW is going up against us. This is like the Friday Night Wars uh, as we're doing this uh, review show. AEW Dynamite is on, and Paul in the comments section giving us breaking news that another release talent from WWE, Andrade, yeah. just showed up on AEW. What do you think about that, Dutch? Well, th there's only so many they can take. See what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, when you get released, you know, how many places do you have that you can go? You got Japan, but I'm pretty sure Japan's pretty well booked up too. So yeah. if they release, if they release 30 talents, let's say WWE over the period of a year, they release 20 or 20 talents, let's say. But where are those guys going to work? There's not that many independents. I mean, they can work, but they won't make anywhere near the money they were making with WWE. So, and I think uh, Strowman, he'll work his way there. 
And I think Lana, because of, you know, Rusev, she'll work her way there. And uh, and who was that other guy we, we said that we, we were really surprised? Uh, Alistair Black. Alistair Black. And he'll probably work his way there. Yeah. But the way, have, have you watched AEW? Yeah, I, I do my best to watch AEW. I'll probably watch it in the morning once we're uh, done with this. But yeah, they I mean, their pay-per-view was a lot of fun. It had a hot crowd. It was one of the first uh, events with like a full capacity crowd. And like I said, they do a good job of letting the wrestlers cut their own promo. So I think that's one of the bigger strengths that it has over WWE right now. Mm -hmm. So they don't have their promos written for them? No. No, they kind of cut their own promos. Like, uh, if you saw NWA Power, Eddie Kingston was one of the guys that yeah. stood out the most to me. He's in AEW, and he still is has that same promo delivery there. So, I think AEW does a good job with that. No, oh, he's Eddie Kingston can he can cut a good promo, and he can make you feel it. I mean, some of their stuff is like anything else. Okay, quiet, please. Anyway, I got I got noise coming from the other room. But uh, no worries. But but I I like it when you know you don't have somebody saying, "Oh, read this and read this and read this." I have went to the ring of WWE and I I read the I read the interview and I went out there one night and totally forgot the whole damn thing. I looked at Jack. I, I looked at Jack. I said, "Jack, uh, come here." <laughs> I said, "I forgot this whole damn problem. Where do I go now?" And he said something. I said, "Oh, I got it." <laughs> and it came, it came back, but if you know, if you, if you, if you put, but if you go out there trying to remember this stuff, sometimes it just completely skips your brain. So understandable, it's understandable. We also got uh, my good brother from True Hill Heat, Romeo, in the comments saying that they've paired up uh, Vicky Guerrero with uh, Andrade, which uh, it's an interesting move. She could do the talking for Andrade, and she's a heat magnet, and she needed something else to do besides Nyla Rose. But we got to get to talking about SmackDown and the rest of the show. Uh, it was really centered around this whole tag team title scene, uh, Dutch, where you, you had the Usos go to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville and plead their case. Uh, Adam Pierce was saying the referee's decision is final, but Sonya said they would review the, the finish and make a judgment. The Mysterials later on in the night were leaving the building when Pierce and DeVille stopped yep. them and informed them that the ref made a mistake and they would have to defend their titles against the Usos in tonight's main event. Uh, I thought that was a little a little bit surprising, but it is kind of understandable with the amount of talent that they released this week. They were kind of shorthanded. So that's hey, why we got the I, same I, open as the same as the same main event. Well I counted the talent on the show. I counted 16 guys. Yeah. Because you know you had the uh, Mysterios and the Usos, they took up like four segments. Exactly. So, and and it was sixteen, uh, but I think they had a good match. Yeah, I, that that Dominic has come a long way in a short period of time. So they must have a lot of faith in that kid. Of course, he grew up around the wrestling business, so he should know the score by now. And I think he's easy to work with, and he's young and. Uh, I think they found something in him there. If the WWF is not sold. What if the WWF was sold and all of a sudden these guys are working for somebody else? I mean, that's, that's, I think the fans would go nuts. I yeah. think they, 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 would, they would go crazy. So, But this puts, it puts AEW in a really good spot, but it also puts them in a bad spot. Because they can't, who are they going to use? See, I don't think hardly anybody on AEW – they don't do maintenance TV. Everything they do is brand new. 
Yeah. I mean, you might see a guy here and you may not see him for a month. And, you know, I guess, and I don't watch it that much. I just read bits and pieces of it and follow it on Twitter. But, uh, so the booker is Tony Khan, correct? Tony Khan, as well as uh, they, they do get input from guys like, you know, Chris Jericho has input in his storylines. The the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega have input in their storylines. Kenny Omega works with like the women's division as well. Cody has input on his storyline. So it's kind of like a collective effort. But yeah, Tony Khan is like the final say. He's the Vince McMahon for AEW. You know, my overriding thought about SmackDown tonight, they got a big hill. They got Roman Reigns. Yeah. But you know what they don't have? They don't have a big baby face. This is very true. That's what they're looking for. Now, years ago, that was that was the formula. You kept the resident baby face. Look at Florida. They kept Dusty, and they would bring the heels in. And every six months, you'd have another big monster heel come in, and Dusty would take care of it. And look at Memphis. It was Lawler, and here come this. Here come the heels, one right after the other. And uh, New York, in the old WWWF, you kept Bruno because he was a champion there for seven years. So yeah. he had to have those big monster heels coming in, like because they do they did things slower there because they, the territory, their area was so big, and they had some massive towns. They had Philadelphia, New York, and and, uh, and Pittsburgh and Boston and, and Baltimore and, and all those huge, huge towns that grew well. But they had to have somebody who was in the fans' fans' mind that had a chance of beating Bruno. And that's why they kept, they kept the title on him so long because there was no need to change it because business was so good and the people believed in Bruno. So the first time he lost was – it just, it just blew it fast. Yeah. It, it, it did. So who did he lose the title to? You're a historian, kind of. Who did uh, he lose the title to first? I, I know. Um, wasn't it uh, Ivan Koloff? Or Could have been. Uh, yeah, I believe. I believe the first time it was Ivan Koloff. Uh, before I think they transitioned it over to Pedro Morales. Mm-hmm. And Morales had it for what two years or so. Yeah. Yeah. He had it a while. Yeah, he had it a while as well. So, but anyway, that's, <laughs> that's the way. They, but see, they're looking, and and they're really their big baby face who people really believed in was uh, was O'Brien, Daniel Daniel O'Brien. Yeah, Daniel and, O'Brien was the, and he's gone the face. So now they're trying to build one, but will they build one? I don't know. Now the old saying goes because WWE. And I, I heard this a long time ago because you had Hulk Hogan and he was actually bigger than WWE. Yeah. And then you had Stone Cold and he was bigger than WWE. Then you had The Rock. He was bigger than WWE. And why I say that is when people, when they would go to the matches, you say, oh, where are you going? He said, oh, I'm going to go see The Rock. Not I'm going to see the WWE. I'm going to see The Rock. Or I'm going yeah. to see Stone Cold. I'm not going to see WWE. I'm going to see this one person. Well, Vince got rid of that. He wants everybody to go see the show, not necessarily to see one guy. And there is a bit of business thought to that because if something happens to that person, your business 
and that is a big machine. It is very expensive. Once it goes, it goes a little kerflunky, yeah. you know, because it costs a lot of money to run that big machine. And now that now they got a lot of streams of revenue, but it, but it's still expensive. I think the last time they had that big baby face was really John Cena. And he kind of had that polarizing kind of reaction though. Well, yeah, that was, that was the last one. I don't think we're going to see an, uh, the, the day will come. They'll turn Roman baby face. Yeah. That's why when I keep looking at uh, Paul Heyman and he's looking right at, it's really kind of eerie. When you look at Heyman, he's looking right at Roman like, oh, my God, what could happen? But remember, I come, I came up with a theory a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think Rick brought this up about uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. If he comes back, and he said he could see when Brock would hit the ring and face off with Roman and Heyman right in the middle. Yeah. Now, that, would, that, that would interest me. What's what's your what's your thoughts on uh the, there's rumors that Brock Lesnar is gonna return for SummerSlam. Before you answer, we got Debbie in the uh comments here saying WWE is getting totally out of control. At one time it looked like wrestling, but now you could tell it is all show. I missed the last match with the Mysterio family and the two Usos, but what I'm gathering here, Mysterio's lost their title. Or am I wrong? You are wrong. We had the You are main... wrong, Debbie. <laughs> we had Debbie. the the hey, main Debbie. event. Yeah, you need you need to calm down, Debbie. That's what you need to do. I mean, that's exactly what you need to do, kid. You need to calm down. No, they did not lose uh, because income, though, cuz yes, um, the king of uh, the head of the family, the head of the he, table, he just beat the crap out of both of them. Pretty and, much. That's and, how we ended the show. Yeah, that's how we ended, and then he went back and. And I was, I kept thinking, okay, they're going to stop him from beating up uh, the kid that Dominic. They're going to stop it, but they didn't, and they just went out, which is a good way to go. Now, now, yeah. because what this does is, is, is like Debbie and me and you. Okay, they didn't give us a finish; they give us a kind of a cliffhanger, which I like. Now we're saying, I wonder where they're going to go with this. Now, this is what you want fans to do. You want fans to think and let them do the work. You yeah. don't have to tell them every week. I thought it was a good ending. I thought it was, wasn't a bad show. I, there was parts of it I don't like. You know, the King Corbin, I don't like that. I, I don't like, what's his name, Rick who? The guitar. Uh, Rick Boogs. The, the guy with Rick, Rick, Rick Yeah. Rick Boone, is that his name? Boogs, yeah. Oh, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I, don't get, I don't get King Corbin at all. I don't. But see, this is what we had five or six weeks ago. I didn't get him then, and they gave me no reason to get him now. They added a guitar player to knock a mirror, but I don't even get that. No. So no. That, that's going to have to, you know, some, but I do congratulate WWE because they will try different stuff, and they have no problem cutting it off. Well, it's not getting over. He's gone. So. It's true. It's true. But what, like what, what did you like? What did, what did you like the most about SmackDown tonight? 
I, I did like the interplay between uh, Roman and uh, the Usos backstage. I like the opener a little bit more than the main event. Like you said, with the main event, we had the finish where it looked like the Mysterials were going to get the win. Dominic was going up for the frog splash, but Roman came out, hit the Superman punch to cause the disqualification, and then he completely <laughs> destroyed both Ray and Dominic, and we closed the show with him choking out Dominic, punching, laying down punches, giving him a power bomb. Jimmy was not happy with this with this. Uh, move by Roman he left and then Jay looked like he was going to follow Jimmy and then Roman just basically stared him down and Jimmy like a like a scared dog looked away and stood in the ring as Roman finished off Dominic as we closed the show but that's kind of like the, the bulk of this whole show I think they took up a whole hour between the Roman and Usos backstage segments and the opener and the uh, closing match so that was really pretty much half of this show but we got a good question here from uh, Paul in the live chat uh dutch he says so who is roman going to fight now who is he defending his title against thoughts because we got hell in a cell in just two weeks dutch and it seems like they really haven't set up any challengers for roman unless this was like a a beat down that's going to keep dominant for out for a couple of weeks maybe we get ray mysterio versus roman a possibility or do we get like jimmy or jay against roman what do you think well it may be a little earlier a little early for the Usos. That is a good question. Who does Roman go against? I, I guess Mysterio could be uh, used in that spot. Yeah. But it's got, it's got us thinking. I don't know who they would possibly use in that. It's, who, it's, who, do you, who do you think? I think that it's kind of setting up to be um, maybe Jimmy versus uh, Roman is a possibility. I mean, with that finish that we saw tonight, I could also see Ray. Ray is Ray is a you know a former world champion. He's a guy that the fans will get behind a baby face, and we could pause. And they, we haven't took that route of Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns. We've never seen it on a big stage. So, you know, with two weeks to go before Hell in a Cell, that is a possibility. But you would think that he would do a Hell in a Cell match with Roman Reigns since he's the hottest act in on on either roster, on Raw or SmackDown. But it doesn't feel like he has any few that is worthy of the Hell in a Cell match right now. Well, that, that, that keeps the story together. If he goes against uh, Mysterio... Because the Usos could be in the corner, Dominic's in the corner, they can work their way to a sixth man, then do the angle. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to see a huge angle before they go on the road. Not a huge one. No. Well, you, you're going to see them, but the, but the huge one, I think they're going to sell it. They're going to, they're going to shoot it right before they hit the road in the middle of July, correct? Yeah, uh, July 16th is the first SmackDown on the road. And everyone in the live chat, let us know what you guys think. Who do you think Roman Roman Reigns will face next? But well, we do have to touch on the rest of the show, Dutch. We had, uh, we also, I think the uh, second match on this show was Carmella in action as she went one-on-one -on -one with Liv Morgan. Uh, they did mention before this match that Liv Morgan was on her own for tonight, but didn't mention the fact that her tag team partner, they didn't even do like, you know, WWE in the past have done like writing off like, oh, this person didn't have the desire to be here anymore or something like that. They just basically said Liv Morgan was on her own. 
had her own singles entrance and didn't mention that she was in a tag team just last week. But it seemed like they were reheating up Carmella here because she is now being known as the most beautiful woman in WWE. This was a short, quick match where Carmella got the win with Dakota Silence. What did you think about this one, Dutch? Very short. It was, it's about a two-minute match is what it was. Yeah. But at least it was a straight-up finish, and they didn't have them do anything more than what they are capable of doing. Uh, you know, girls' wrestling is, is tricky. They're not like guys. They can't take the big, crazy bumps, and they're there for looks, basically. And, I mean, you got the good ones. You know, Bianca Belair is good, and Charlotte Flair is good, and Bailey is good. you got the good ones. But the others have to make it on more like their looks and walking down the ramp, and which is is good material. But as far as getting in, in, invested in it as a serious competition, uh, I don't think you, you, you could do it with these two girls. I don't think. But the match is okay. I, th I thought it was short. And I guess it, and the right person – I guess the right person went over. I don't. I don't know what they got planned for this girl, but to me, they looked almost identical. I mean, you got two blondes in there, and one had things on her eyes, but you can only see that on the close-up. Yeah. From a distance, they just look like two blondes in there. Oh well, Carmella. I, I, I kind of. They seem like they want to heat her up again, though. So maybe we're going to see something more for Carmella now that we have less women on SmackDown because this was two out of the seven women that are now active on the SmackDown roster. Before that, though, we had uh, Seth Rollins in a backstage interview, a sit-down interview with Kayla Braxton talking about his attack on Cesaro two weeks ago. And he basically said that he, uh, Kayla wasn't worth his time and he threw the microphone at her. What do you think about Seth Rollins ever since WrestleMania? It just feels like he's kind of lost to me. He had the long segment talking last week, which kind of wasted time. And it seems like this was kind of a waste of time segment here. Well, I, I, again, he's got some great-looking jackets. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's dressing well, and he dresses like a, a, a kook, which is he's acting crazy. So, But he didn't have a lot of substance to it. I don't know what he said about anybody, and he took his mic off, and he, he played with that a minute, and then the steward threw it at her and just smiled at her, and then it was over. I mean, if if that's going to register with me, is just. But it, again, it's a it's a written interview, which I think they just missed the point. I don't know what the point was with that. I guess just to get him on the show, I guess. But you yeah. you didn't have you didn't have Cesaro on the show tonight, at all. No, and uh, they seem to still be selling that attack that uh, Seth laid out on him two weeks ago. Well, which is good, but what what else you, you had you had that interview with Seth right after the girls, correct? Well, right Seth was actually was just before the Carmella and uh Liv Morgan match. I think yeah. right after that we had the start of what became kind of a thread throughout this show with Chad Gable first approaching the Street Profits, uh saying that he's found some flaws in their recent matchups and he could help them. They laughed at him and turned down the offer. Later on in the night, Otis came uh up to the Street Profits and basically felt like they were rude to Chad Gable. He smacked mm -hmm. Montez Ford and laid out Angelo Angelo 
Dawkins and then the Street Profits cut a really good promo later on in the night, which set up a tag team match for next week of Otis yeah, those and guys, Chad Gable versus yeah. the Street Profits. Those guys are good talkers. And yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna command Otis. It, it looked that punch looked good. It did. And he knocked him one punch and then he threw the other guy and he left. That's all you need. I mean, if you keep beating on somebody, what's the deal? They sold, they sold the attack and he walked off. Now they have a, a, a beef with Otis and Chad, and that's all they need. I think they have, they would have good matches. I really do. I kind of like Chad because he's almost a uh, take it back to the old Kurt Angle days, the Olympian yeah. days, and he's a good talker too. So I I, I enjoyed that. I really did. So but I didn't. Uh, and Mysterio and, and, and Dominic they were leaving the building. I'm a little ahead of myself. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier that they were leaving the no, building, and yeah, Sonya leaving the and, building. and Adam kind of stopped them and told them that they were going to have the rematch in the main event. And he's, they stopped him and told him they got to go back. But I don't think they pitched enough of a, you know, I would have complained about that. Why, why, why? You think so? Well, I would. You know, I've already had one match and you're tired, you're leaving the building. And they come and said, no, you got to go back and defend it one more time. I mean, common sense tells you that you would be upset about that. Why? What, why? Because the shoulder was up. I thought it was a nice baby face response, though, and especially because it came from Dominic and he's a little naive. He's just he's he wants to wrestle. He didn't really care. He was just like, hey, F it. Let's let's just go. Let's do it again. And his well, and kind of looked at him like, all right, let's do it. Well, it worked. But I was saying a little bit of protest. Should have been in order, I think that's what I would have done, you know, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh so where are we at now? Well, we're up to the the Bianca Belair well, segment that you mentioned earlier. Now, hor- horrible, horrible <laughs> interview. It was just a horrible interview. And you know what? Has she always danced down that ramp like that? Yes. Is that her? Yes, that's her signature with the uh, flipping the. Uh, flipping the braid going along with the beat to her music i, I kind of like because she has a superstar like look to her and feel to her but i can kind of understand your issues with this uh promo she basically was talking about how bailey has done nothing but laugh at her ever since mm-hmm. our loss at wrestlemania backlash and basically she talks about how people in the past have laughed at her and made fun of her uh yeah at one point she says that she they told her that she shows off too much or that she's mannish uh, because of her muscles, where I kind of agree with you, that's not how really people would talk. And uh, mm-hmm. she said that she left them all in the dust and proved them wrong, won trophies, won championships. And she says that nobody uh, laughed in her face like Bailey. Uh, she then challenged Bailey to a match at Hell in a Cell. Bailey had a cool response. She was backstage, but she was in this area that was kind of like a shrine to all of her accomplishments. You see her with championship gold in all the pictures on the wall. And she comes. A, a pretty good uh, heel promo saying that she's not there and uh, she accepts Bianca's uh, challenge and then she said that she would still be laughing at her at Hell in a Cell and then she begins laughing uncontrollably and her face shows up on all the all the video screens in the Thunderdome which was a cool visual but I'm kind of over, cool. over this laughing gimmick though Dutch <laughs> I'm gonna over. laugh right now <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it I mean, I, they'll have a they have a hell of a match. 
They, yeah. they have good matches. That Bailey is very good. So, but I, I think the people uh, that would be interested in this match, they're going on background because they had a good match before, and I think you know uh, they can continue to have those matches. But again, it's the same two that we had a month ago, correct? Yeah. So we need uh, we need some new new talent. I do like AEW because they'll bring an unknown guy in and put him in the ring and give him a background. So, but WWE gives you the same guys week in and week out. So, but uh, I didn't I didn't like Belair's interview because I don't think anybody talks like that, and you can tell it was it was produced because yeah. of the way she talked. So, yeah, it didn't seem like it was her voice at all. And now let me go back to another pet peeve of mine. I think the announcers, you know, when the the, the sound is too loud, the crowd noise is too loud. And because sometimes you can't even hear, like Roman Reigns started the talk tonight, and you hardly couldn't even hear him because of the of the background of the uh, of the crowd. Yeah. But so, and it's that's one thing. And I do not like those pre-produced, uh, pre-produced, uh, written interviews because I, don't, I just don't like them. Uh, the King Corbin thing, what do you think of that and Nakamura? Yes, that was the next segment for us to talk about. It was uh, King Corbin. We got a recap of everything that's gone on between these two men over you, the last couple you, of weeks. I got news for WWE. If they go to a house show with live people and they put Nakamura on, and Corbin in the ring, get you a no-dose concession guy to go and sell no-dose to people so they don't go to sleep. <laughs> I, they can make a killing. You know what I mean? But I, and I, I just, uh, that's another one. Is uh, We call it episodic maintenance TV. It's what it is. But I don't, I don't understand this. And I don't understand the King thing. I've, it's been done so many times. You've seen it done a hundred times. Well, not a hundred times, but you know, a lot of times, one guy calling the king, the other guy stood on the crown. They did it in Memphis, they did it in Florida, and they did it in the Carolinas. And you know, for old time wrestling fans, they've seen it at least ten times. Yeah, and I think this this King Corbin and I, now let me ask you this: What is the purpose of putting Rick Boone with Nakamura? I think it's what the- do you think? I think it's to play up the theme song because the theme song is back and they want to give it like a new feel to it because you don't have the fans, you know, singing along with the Nakamura theme like in the past. So they wanted to bring something new into play and introduce Boogs. They called him up to the main roster. But uh, yeah, I think it's just to, you know, give Nakamura a new feel. I like the, the partnership between Boogs and Nakamura. I'm just over this entire feud. I don't get, you know, the crown being a prize and them stealing it back and forth. I don't get how Nakamura is the baby face here when he's using Boogs to get victories and then using Boogs to get the crown back. And in this match, they go about two minutes. It's basically the same finish as we got three weeks ago where where Baron Corbin wins clean. He wins clean over, over Nakamura. He takes back the crown, but Boogs stops him and then Nakamura gives him a kick and steals back the crown. And it's like, Nakamura, how is Nakamura the babyface here? Like Corbin has beat him clean twice now. He's taken back his property and Nakamura has thief has stole it from him by using someone else. And in the past, the only victory that Nakamura has over Corbin is because he was distracted by Boog. So this is just a very 
<laughs> backwards type of feud. Like I, I totally agree with you. I'm kind of over it. Well, the first hour tonight was pretty good. Yeah. The second hour, I guess if you go to the last match, it was okay. But the rest of it to me was filler. Yes. And I didn't get it. Now, what do you think about Kevin Owens and uh, Mr. Uh, who do you? Uh, Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz. They had a good I, match. They had a good yeah. match. And I did like the finish. I did. I yeah. did like the finish in that because at least, and I will say one thing for Kevin Owens. He went out there when he got ran into the, whatever they run that big box into him. The, yeah. The, the, the shipping, the WWF, you know, shipping crate, <laughs> but at least he sold it and he sold it the whole match. Exactly. And that's, and that's how he lost. And he lost. Hopefully they're out of this. Now they're going to go back to Sami Zayn because yeah. Sami Zayn made an appearance at the end. But you know, I didn't see, I didn't see Aziz out there around the match when it was because, going on. Because they made the stipulation last week after he interfered in their matchup where they only went like three minutes for the Intercontinental title. They made the stipulation that he was banned from ringside. So that's why he attacked Kevin Owens in the backstage area, hit him with the shipping crate, like you said. This oh. led to Kevin Owens selling the ribs the entire match. I think the, the best part of him selling the ribs is when he tried to go for the dive and he yep. hit the ropes and he, then he sold his ribs. I thought that was great. Owens was great with his selling in this matchup. And then the finish, like you said, made a lot of sense. Owens went to the top ropes. Apollo Crews cut him off. He hit basically like a, a DVD, a Death Valley driver on the apron and then rolled him into the ring for the one, two, three. And then after the match, uh, he celebrated with Aziz on the stage and Sami Zayn came down, ran down, gave him the haluva kick, and then said that he didn't kick Kevin Owens. Karma kicked him. So we seem to be restarting Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But do you think that kind of plays into what we were talking about before of we're getting another rematch, and this is a rematch from WrestleMania now? Well, it's the same old, same old. Yeah. I mean, we know they can have a good match. We know they don't like each other. But sometimes you need to wrap something up but wrap it up in such a way that you can go back to it in three weeks or you can go back to it in a month because the people don't forget, but I don't know how, I don't know how hot the, the anger was when it was going on. Was it hot? Or is it hard to tell with this pandemic? It's, it's hard to tell with the pandemic and they kind of, kind of had to force feed the whole Logan Paul thing into the WrestleMania storyline to kind of give it a little bit of uh, juice. So I think there is some legs behind the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens storyline a little bit, but it just feels like it's a repeat because everything else around it is a repeat. And my big question coming out of this, and I'll ask you Dutch, where the hell is Big E? We know that he, they started up the, the rivalry with Aleister Black, but now with Aleister Black gone, where do you think that they're going to place Big E next? Well, they're going to place him on the shelf right now. That's because, because horrible. Well, if you, it's like, you know, if you don't have the opponent that you're working with, there's no need for you to be there. Now you've got to have a different opponent. Now just shoving him in there, this, this won't do it. So they just left him off. And he may be off SmackDown for the next three weeks till to, to they figure out another way to another way to use him. Because years ago, like say you and I were working and I got suspended for something. Well, you didn't work. <laughs> so actually you paid for my sins. Because say I got say I got caught with uh, steroids or something. Uh, uh, that means it not only didn't was I suspended, couldn't work, 
no need to send you because they would send another match that wouldn't cost as much. I don't know. One guy told me one time he, he got suspended and the other guy wasn't going to work. And he, he told him, he said, well, send me out there. I forgot who this was. He said, send me and I'll work for nothing. I don't want the guy to lose money. And he worked for about two weeks on the, on the road. He didn't get paid, but just so the other guy could work. And Vince agreed to it. He said, that's punishment enough, which, which it was. So, but at least the other guy didn't suffer, you know, because of what, what he did and get, got caught with steroids. I thought it was a, I'm going to think about that because I've been hit on the head a couple hundred thousand times. So <laughs> I, I don't remember a lot of stuff. But I remember who told me that because it was actually a good story. So anyway, and I, I didn't like the, the King Corbin Nakamura stuff because it's, it's repeat, wash, and do it again and keep going. And the, so, last, the last match, I thought they would what, – what did you think the finish would be in this? I, I thought we were going to get new tag team champions. I thought the Usos were going to get the victory, but I, I guess this like Roman Reigns getting involved kind of makes sense and it keeps the storyline going because if the Usos win, it's like, how does Roman react to that? Because that's going against of what he originally thought. He originally thought that they should not be a tag team anymore and Jay should just be on his side because Jimmy refuses to acknowledge him. But what did you think the finish was going to be here? Well, remember I told you when he when he got them confused, yeah. they may have done the switch at the end, but then that makes them you know, like stone cold heels. Yeah. See, see, Jimmy don't want to be the heel, right? He wants no. to go uh, Jay to go back with him and then be like they were before. But yeah. I think we still have to we have that to look forward to, and uh, I, I like the angle. I and do you know, too. And, and we don't and we don't see. Uh, we don't see Roman working every week on TV. You just see bits and pieces of him. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, why don't we see, people ask me, why don't we see more of these guys? Why do we see them so much? Remember when Hulk Hogan got hot? Yeah. How many times did you see him wrestle on TV? Harley, Harley, rarely, unless it was like a Saturday night's main event yep. or like a random like superstars that they want to boost the ratings for. But now you see them every week. Yeah. So when the champion comes out there, it's no big deal anymore. But if it's uh, like once in a blue moon type deal, which is what Hogan was, you know, that, that kept him over. It did. Kept him over, kept him over big time. And so, I do agree that that helps Roman for sure. But what would be your letter grade for this, uh, this week's episode of SmackDown? I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you the same thing. I would give it a a B, not a B plus or a B minus, but a B, because it lacked uh, it it lacked uh, feeling. Yeah, for me, I mean, and I, I'm interested in the Roman Reigns and the USO story. I'm interested in it, but it won't keep me glued to the TV. Understandable. I, I would I would say a B minus. I really enjoyed the opener. I thought the main event was 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 fine. It was solid, and I thought the Intercontinental Championship match with Apollo Cruz and 
and Kevin Owens was good. And I thought the Bailey part of the uh, the exchange with Bianca Belair was was very well done. But I, I kind of I, I do 100% agree with you. The Nakamura Corbin match was probably the worst part of the show. It just felt very repetitive of what we've already saw, and um, everything else just kind of felt like it was there. I think the Street Profits were good in their backstage segment. They, but they were good. Yeah, everything else felt like filler. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. Because it's going to be filler because we've seen it how many times before. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, we're reporting on the same stuff. It was just deeper into the story. The only story that's really uh, that I'm interested in is the Roman Reigns and the Uso story because I think they handled that right. Yeah. They're not rushing it. And I think they're not rushing it because they don't know where they're going to go. You know, we're, yes. we're sitting back saying, oh, well, boy, they're holding back and they, they're making it interesting. They're making it interesting because they don't know exactly where to take it. So when they find out, then they'll probably rush it right along and have it all over and done in two weeks. So, but I would, I would give it that if Nakamura and Ken Corbin was off of it, I may give it a, like a, a, a little bit of a higher grade, a B plus maybe. Me too. But I think that brought the whole show down. That did. Yeah, that just gave the whole show a, a feeling of like filler and very repetitive feel. My my, Before we sign off with everything, we covered the whole SmackDown show. We gave our letter grade. We talked about the WWE releases. There's one other bit of big news. You kind of touched on it earlier, Dutch, but there's been rumors from Wrestling Observer as well as Andrew Zarian of the Matt Man podcast saying that Brock Lesnar will be returning at SummerSlam in a few months. Uh, there's rumors rumors that the big match that they have planned for him is him versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE championship. What do you think about Brock Lesnar's return and what match would you like to see most for Brock for his return? Well, I would like to see him in uh, Roman Reigns because Roman needs it, but I think Raw needs it more than SmackDown. 100%. (laughs) That's, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. What is that show drawing now? SmackDown's beating it, right? Yes, yes, for sure. SmackDown is like 1.92 million viewers, while Raw is like 1.5, 1.6 million. Mm-hmm. You know, when I used to be with TNA, we used to draw like 1.3 million people, and people would laugh at it. They yeah. said, oh, you're just, what's wrong? You know, blah, blah, blah. But it was a good show. I don't think we just had the reach that, you know, USA Network had at the time. Well, I think we had better matches. I think we had better booking because we only had, well, I say we only had three guys on the booking committee, but who knows who else was adding their two cents worth to it. I don't know. I used to call TNA the, the game that couldn't shoot straight. Sometimes we would we would do stupid stuff. I go, what the hell? I got a lot of stories about that. I, in my new book, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to come out and tell about, uh, which is, this is the book I didn't tell about. TNA, my new book, I will. It's coming out hopefully by December. So, and it's and it's good reading. So, and it's it's stories that you could have your kid read. I don't out anybody. I don't believe in that. If somebody's yeah. a drunk, I don't call them a drunk. If they're a drug addict, I don't say that. If they had any kind of any other bad qualities about them, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't bring that out. I don't out anybody. So anybody can read the book and 
and it, if somebody does have a, a problem, I'll I'll lead them to the problem, but not go into detail. So you can draw your your own conclusion about whatever it is. This wrestling business is a strange, strange business, and it works in mysterious ways. Sometimes you you get into it and you think, how in the hell did I get? Yeah, I, I was I was in London, England one time. I'm sitting in a room and I'm thinking, how in the hell? I'm thinking back over my life. How in the hell did a kid from South Carolina, that's where I was born, end up over here in a hotel room in London, England, doing this? You know, it's just if you told me back then I was going to live this life, I'd go, you're nuts. I'm never going to do that stuff. So, but it's been an interesting life, and I've met a lot of interesting people. who have been around the world like 10 times so but i've enjoyed ever 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 well not every minute of it but i've mostly for the most part you know i've enjoyed it so but anyway smackdown was good tonight don't don't get me talking about something else because hell i'll i'll talk here <laughs> I'll, I'll talk here for two hours but it was a decent show tonight and so who is the guy writing smackdown I think Bruce Bruce Pritchard is writing both Raw and SmackDown right now. He's like the the creative director. Well, let me ask you, why if he's writing both shows, why is SmackDown so much better than Raw? Because of Roman Reigns and this whole Roman Reigns Uso storyline, and because of the fact that Roman and Paul Heyman have a little bit of say in the storyline. I think that's the biggest difference between SmackDown and Raw to me, at least. So who's who are they pushing on Raw? Lashley? Yeah, Lashley's the WWE champion. Drew McIntyre is the number one contender. It's just three hours is very long. So even if the stuff is good, like this week, Drew and Kofi had a good main event. Uh, the stuff with Rated RK Bro with Riddle and Randy Orton is really good. But that's like, what, 30, 40 minutes of a three-hour yeah. show. So if the rest of the show is bad or badly booked, it stands out more. Well, this is what I would suggest they do, even even on SmackDown. They need to do more outtakes. They need to take the camera out of that studio and take it on the road. Because remember the things that that uh, Stone Cold used to do? Yeah. It did massive numbers because, remember, it, it was at night. You remember when Stone Cold went looking for Brian Pillman? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> that, that was interesting, and you stayed 100%. to the very end to see what would happen. Another one, remember when the limousine blew up? Yeah. Tremendous. People thought that was true. They thought it was real. Did you yeah. find it? You know, you know how they really did that, right? How did they do that? They blew up the limousine the night before. Oh, yeah, and they did like a cut, basically. And yeah, and when it blew up, then all of a sudden, then they pulled the limousine back in there and set it on fire again. So <laughs> when the people came out, they could smell it. Now That's the people that were there, so that, and they thought they killed Vince. <laughs> they they really did. See, that was the the effort they used to go to to get to, to get the people to believe it. But it was a it was a good show. I totally, mean, uh, totally raw, raw was almost. You can't miss TV. Yeah. Because you had to watch it. So anyway, hey, good show tonight. Hey, I'm glad you're back. And uh, did you have a good time? I had a good time with you, Dutch. I think our, our review was slightly more entertaining than uh, SmackDown besides the Roman and Uso's uh, storyline. <laughs> Who misses Rick? 
Rick, stay gone. I Rick, love you. I, I love it, you, Rick. It, it will be me and you once again next week. We maybe have a third person, but Rick is going to be off for another week. We miss you, Rick, for sure. But Dutch, please tell them where they can find you on all social media and well, anything else you got going on. You can find me on Twitter at a Dirty D Mantel. On Twitter, you can find me on Facebook at Dutch Mantel, just straight up. And uh, where else could they find me? They could find oh, you right here oh, on Smart Talk. Oh. Well, you can you can find me here, but if if you're here, you know I'm here. Uh, <laughs> and I'm on uh, Instagram, but I don't remember what I, I go with. I think I'm Dirty Dutchman One. I need to get all this straightened out. I need to get a kind of a got to have the script. Got to have. I the guess. Script I ready. guess. I, I I need help with all this stuff anyway. Okay, great show, uh, and I enjoyed this tonight. So we'll be back next week. Yes. Same time. Same time. And, and you know what? You know, you know what I've learned to do? What? Remember a couple of weeks ago, I had trouble finding how to get on uh, this broadcast with you because yeah. I, could, I couldn't get on it. I, and I figured, and I was late. I was late like for the first month, right? And <laughs> yeah. I kept saying, I can't get on. I can't get on. Well, then I, one night I said, well, I read the directions and that's all I needed to do. And I come right in. It surprised me. So we're getting it together. We're figuring things out. And thank you all for watching this edition of Smack Talk this week. If you are new, if you're watching us on Facebook or Twitter, drop us a like, drop us a heart emoji, a laugh emoji, however SmackDown made you feel, however our review of SmackDown, give us that engagement and really helps us out. It gets more people to see this video. If you're watching on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel, drop us a like, share this video on all your favorite social media platforms, drop a uh, of course, hit the smash button, hit that subscribe button if you are new to the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel. Whole bunch of great things going on. We got Inside the Cradle with myself and Kevin Kellum, where we talk about Brock Lesnar's return, talk about the latest with the WWE releases. Check out uh, Kevin and Rick on their review of the WWE releases, where they go in depth. A lot of support for that video, over 15,000 views already on that video. So give us more support on that one. And you can follow me on Twitter at True Heel SP3. I'll be here on Sports Keto Wrestling next week on smack talk you can also find me on wrestling daily on the wrestling daily youtube channel every single wednesday with alex mccarthy at 3 p.m eastern time 8 p.m bst and of course on the true hill heat youtube channel tomorrow true hill heat 128 where we talk about the releases and we preview new japan and nwa's big shows coming up but thank you so much dutch Thank you, everyone, in the live chat. Remember to always enjoy wrestling, and we will see you next week on another edition of Smack Talk. See you later. Bye now.